Everything's coming up Winnipeg as the playoffs continue to roll along. Winnipeg won its first game 5-1 against the Vegas Golden Knights, and one of Winnipeg's top prospects has been absolutely obliterating the CHO. We're going to follow up with how the playoffs have kicked off and talk about Game 2 for the Jets, as well as this extremely hot prospect on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support, especially now during this playoff run, right? Obviously, we were just talking about the playoffs and things have kind of kicked off in very interesting fashion. For all of you Jets fans, obviously, you know, Winnipeg dusted the the Golden Knights in game one. And it wasn't like one of those games where um, the Jets really got lucky, I would say. Winnipeg thoroughly dominated the Knights. They earned every inch of that 5-1 victory. Game two, I think, is going to be a little bit harder. I would expect a Jets loss, if I'm being honest. Usually in playoff series, uh, especially when you're the road team, um, it's really hard to take both both games of that first set, right? And I'm not saying this because I think the Jets are a bad team or anything. I just feel like it's the usual cycle, right? Uh, your opponent will make adjustments. Winnipeg might you know, run into a very pissed off, angry, and frankly, aggressive Vegas Golden Knights team. I don't know what we're going to see with this one because Vegas was so thoroughly frustrated and shut down that I don't know if some adjustments to how they pressure Winnipeg in the, in the defensive zone and the neutral zone is going to lead to the sorts of changes that would actually put them ahead of Winnipeg in game number two. But safe to assume Vegas is going to make some tweaks they might even restructure some of the lines. I think one of the biggest problems for them is that Mark Stone just didn't really look right to me. Uh, you can tell that whether it's Rust or him not being 100% fully fit, he just didn't really have the same pop and jump that you're used to. And I also saw some people complaining about Jack Eichel maybe not being as good as he should be. Um, I think that's not necessarily the problem. Yeah, Jack for sure could be... Uh, a stronger player, right? But I think the biggest problem is, in general, Vegas, across all of its lines, just could not find space and actually get clean entries to create offense. Winnipeg, especially after the first period, really put a hurt on that Vegas team, especially in their transition game. I thought Winnipeg trapped well. Uh, Some of the stuff that the Jets did probably won't work in game number two, but safe to say, you know, when you're when you're talking about a really impressive first game, a really impressive performance, I think the Jets did about as good as I could ask for, right? This was, you know, about as perfect of a road game and first road period that I would expect. 
In terms of changes, I think we could see Mark Stone maybe promoted further up the lineup, which for the Jets, uh, it, it might be an issue if Stone um, shakes off that rust and starts to feel more in game shape. But otherwise, I don't know if it necessarily changes the, the math of the series as much. Winnipeg right now is in the driver's seat, and there is good news that Nikolai Ehlers, he's day-to-day, which might mean that he doesn't actually get to join the team until a little bit later for an actual playoff game, but um, he was a full participant in practice. He had a regular practice jersey on. I just don't know if he's actually going to play. Uh, that is is kind of up in the air, and I think for the Jets, you know, with how good Ehlers is and how much he can be a game-breaking presence and how good Winnipeg was even without him in game number number one, the Jets might not be inclined to risk his health. So maybe he sits for another game. I can't tell you uh, what his decision-making and the team's decision-making is going to look like. I would imagine Winnipeg will always kind of prioritize what they feel is the team's longevity more so than, you know, a player's wishes. Um, Ehler said he was good to go in, in game one and that he could have jumped in, although it seems like that's not really the case. My guess is uh, either there was communication to kind of be a little bit cagey about his health status or Ehlers just really wanted to play and, and express that, which you totally have to respect. I'm sure it was tough for Nick to sit on the sidelines and watch the team uh, face off against an extremely skilled, very dangerous opponent, one that Ehlers has faced off against uh, many times with, and I'm sure it would love a dose of revenge. So hopefully Ehlers is good to go for game two. It'd be great to get him back. As it is, the Jets did some really big damage against the Knights and their playoff odds, uh, especially uh, for round two in what was a pivotal first game. But obviously, you know, around the league, there's plenty of NHL action happening. Uh, a strange phenomenon occurred where in most of these series, the road team actually opened uh, their series with a win, which especially for road teams, it just doesn't really happen that way. Uh, sometimes you'll see road teams steal a victory here and there, but for like six of eight teams or something, uh, or six of eight series to have like a road win in the first game, that's like super chaotic. And it sets up a lot of very interesting uh, playoff scenarios and potential standings upsets here as the postseason rolls on. We'll dive into some of those in a little bit, but our next topic is one that I think you want to hear about. And that is our very special prospect, Brad Lambert. Just wanted to briefly check in on how he's doing and what it might mean for Winnipeg's future with him in just a little bit. Before we go too much further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Built. You've probably heard me talk about Built and Built Bar before. If you haven't and you're not an everydayer, I highly recommend that you check them out, especially if you're looking for a delicious protein bar alternative that's still a protein bar, but tastes more like a candy bar. Something exciting is coming from Built uh, in, in just a little bit. On April 22nd, they're going to have something. I can't say what it is. I don't even know what it is, but it sounds like the hype is pretty real. And you'll be able to check it out again on April 26th or 22nd at Built.com. And if you know how Built works, you know that they have an incredible line of flavors. Like I said, it's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They've got great flavors. And as always, when they do something like this, which sounds like there might be something in the works, something special, maybe a really cool new flavor, you know that they have a limited quantity, so you do not want to miss out. Mark your calendars again, April 22nd, and head to built.com. That is a Saturday, April 22nd, to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. 
I can't wait to see what this new flavor is, and I'm sure you can't either. And when you're checking out, make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for choosing to make us your first listen of the day every day. All of you everydayers I know are uh, rapidly consuming Jets content as Winnipeg has won. Uh, obviously, the first game of this pivotal series against Vegas. We're all really hoping for just a, a bit of a, uh, a revenge series, right? I think deep down in our hearts, we all hate the Knights. We know how hard it was to watch Marc-Andre Fleury stonewall Winnipeg. And obviously for the Jets, uh, adjustments are coming. We might even see a change in net instead of Laurent Brassois. Who knows? That will remain to be seen until tomorrow, um, or I guess today if you're listening to this in the morning. But, you know, on the side, obviously the Jets aren't the only team in the playoffs. And actually, more specifically, not just the NHL. Uh, We have playoffs in other leagues, and one of them is the WHL. And I don't know if you've been following. I'm sure a lot of you have been. But uh, let's just say that the Seattle Thunderbirds are really enjoying the postseason. And Brad Lambert has been eating the competition alive. In four games, I think it was against, what was it, um, the the Cougars or something, uh, Lambert had like 15 points. Uh, just <laughs> take a moment and think about 15 points in four games. Absorbed it yet? Yeah. That's just ridiculous. I I don't care who it's against. I don't care if this is frickin' Bedard uh, or Brad Lambert in this case. Um, That's just absurd, absurd production. And Lambert's ability to make fabulous plays, find those tight spaces, and break past defenders with relative ease, for me, makes him like a super exciting prospect for Winnipeg's future. While I was disappointed by the trade deadline and Winnipeg not really leveraging its assets for like a major haul, maybe like a a, a team of Meyer or something, I do have to say that knowing that Brad Lambert is a Winnipeg player for at least the foreseeable future makes me extraordinarily excited. His ascent this year in the WHL has basically been meteoric. The dude's just ripping through opponents left and right. And I think we all knew that that confidence boost and that ability to sort of dominate the competition would put Lambert in a better mental state to maybe return to the Moose next season. Obviously, I think with his game, you know, you wanted to reduce the chaos, you want to add structure, and also get him thinking about his decision-making a little bit more consistently. I know that that sounds funny, thinking about decision-making, but I think in his case, slowing the game down and understanding, you know, what passes he can make and what ones he really shouldn't force, I think are really important. And I also think just utilizing your line mates better. It sounds like uh, so far that's not really been the case with the Thunderbirds. It sounds like he's just fit in like a glove. And I'm sure, you know, Korchinski and Genther are really enjoying having one of the premier talents in the CHL playing alongside them. So yeah, fantastic to see Lambert really doing well. Um, I, I think there is one other Jets prospect who might be inbound towards North America in a little bit. Uh, I, I don't recall if it was Ryshevsky or Chibikov whose playoffs have ended. I think it was, I want to say it was Chibikov. Um, and it sounds like he'll be potentially signing in North America at some point in the near future. Um, obviously, both Ryshevsky and Chibikov are really interesting prospects for Winnipeg. Ryshevsky, I believe, is the one who opted to extend his contract next season in the KHL, which for me is a little disappointing. But um, 
at least if Chipperkov comes over, he's a very intri- intriguing prospect. His historical, tr- you know, scoring rates and stuff have, have been very interesting to track. It sounds like his offensive tool sets, whether it's a spatial awareness and, you know, scoring ability, all of that stuff makes him a fun player for the middle six. Roshevsky kind of in the same mold, although I feel like Roshevsky might be a better finisher. A uh, lot of options there, but obviously for the Jets, we're looking for players who can sort of bolster those third and fourth lines right now. Uh, that top six player, you know, we're not asking any of these guys to really fill in and step into that role immediate, immediately, but if they can at least come in at some point this season or next and fortify Winnipeg's depth players and roles, I think that would be fantastic. Now, Brad Lambert, on the other hand, he is very clearly headed towards superstardom. Uh, I've always been a big believer in him. I, I really feel like Lambert is the guy who could really carry this Jets franchise into the next part of like their, I guess, future core. I think he's one of the guys that the Jets are going to be able to build around. Um, the question is, is, you know, after him, who else, right? Because, you know, Lambert probably will play, uh, my guess is, is as a winger. I don't know if they're intending to try him at center. I don't know if his game is really suited to center. Uh, we could certainly see what happens with it, but my guess is he'll be a wide attacker. You might also see a couple of other players filtering in here over the next couple of seasons. Uh, Danny Zilkin is one that I'm very interested in. Rucker McGordy doing really well with Michigan. A uh, lot of players that I think are, are really interesting for Winnipeg's future. But right now, the main one to focus on is Lambert. I feel like he's just really gaining that confidence that we were hoping he would in the CHL. He's been lighting the lamp a lot. He's been assisting on a ton of goals. Uh, so far, his CHL portfolio continues to just amass loads of points. And I think that's really what you want to see. Obviously he has a little more experience against pros and adults than some of the kids in that league do. But you know, at the end of the day, you still got to take care of business and Lambert has been doing so with some rather big bombast. Um, But of course, you know, as fun as talking prospects is, and we all enjoy it right now, the NHL playoffs are still underway just kicked off for a lot of teams, and I thought I would spend a little bit of time giving you some updates on some of the teams that I saw and what some of the early uh, playoff round standings are looking like so far. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right, or you're going to run into some real big issues. Next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if your part will fit. If it doesn't, you get your money back. No problem. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game, and that's what you're looking for with eBay Motors. They have great guarantees, and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. It's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just wanted to wrap up really quickly on tonight's episode with some quick thoughts on some of the early playoff uh, successes and maybe some uh, surprising defeats early into this first round, just a couple of games in for most of these teams. For the Jets, obviously just one game in, but you know a number of the other uh, series have already kicked off and had some interesting results already. 
in the, the, the New York series versus the Devils. The Rangers are actually up one nothing in the series thanks to a big 5-1 victory. Was a little bit surprising in some ways. I mean, the Devils, I know that we said they might have some finishing issues in the postseason, but I feel like this wasn't really anticipated. Uh, getting shellacked by the Rangers, uh, even on your own soil, uh, inside Prudential, I don't think that was on anyone's bingo card. But like I said, you know, a lot of the road teams ended up, ended up winning in the first game. So I don't know if the Devils are necessarily panicking yet, but I'm sure, you know, things are a little bit tense, uh, especially with such a, a big rival, you know, just over the, the, the state line, sitting there kind of taking, you know, pot shots at you, scoring tons of goals and looking like the more successful franchise, despite the Devils having had an amazing regular season. Now, speaking of uh, other teams that are probably worried that they have some egg on their face, you know, everyone kind of watched that Toronto and Tampa Bay game and Toronto just got it wrong. Uh, The lineups, the tactical approach, everything gave Tampa Bay a leg up and the Lightning tore them a new one, seven to three. Again, another road team winning. And I think we all know that like Tampa Bay can do this almost on a whim. They're just a really strong team, even when they kind of suck relative to their expectations. But I think we all know that when it comes to that kind of team and and what they're up to these days, you just can't count them out. Always a dangerous squad, not a team that I would want to mess around with. And I'm sure Toronto is probably a little bit concerned that they're about to fall again in the postseason after having not won first rounds in ages. But maybe they can advance in this one if they recover their form. One of the other games that I think is probably of interest for you folks is Seattle versus Colorado. Uh, the Kraken ended up winning 3-1 to one thanks to Grubauer putting on a really good performance in net, the Avs being a little bit unlucky with some of their finishes, and the Kraken taking advantage of the chances they were afforded. Seattle, in my eyes, played pretty decently, but I think we all know uh, you know, Colorado's puck movement and uh, scoring opportunities and chances, I feel, were the more dangerous of the two teams. Not to put a slight on the Kraken at all, it's just Colorado hit the post a couple of opportunities here and there, and I thought that their slot attack was fabulous. Now, I still think Colorado probably comes out of this series on the winning side, but you never know. Maybe Grubauer uh, has a, a, I guess, a career resurgence or something in net, and ends up carrying the Kraken past Colorado for a big first-round upset. As far as some of the other series are concerned, uh, Carolina has taken a 2-0 lead in their series, defeating the New York Islanders 4-3 in overtime. Not really shocking. Uh, The Canes are pretty decent. The Isles are not. And as good as Ilya Sorokin is, he cannot cover for a team that struggles to score and also doesn't have maybe the best coverages in front of him. Now, uh, one of the other series that I think for Jets fans is particularly relevant uh, from the Eastern side is Florida versus Boston, just because, of course, the old Paul Maurice connection. A lot of people probably wondering how he's doing. Well, after the Panthers got ripped a new one in game one, they responded with a big game of their own, tying the series 1-1 after a 6-3 drubbing of the Bruins on the road. So big victories for the Panthers. Uh, Suddenly they, they have a series again, and you probably thought, they would not stay quiet. Same with the Dallas Stars, who had lost the uh, the first game to the Minnesota Wild. Really tough game for the Stars. They fell in overtime, and they look like the better team even heading into that extra uh, period of hockey. But, you know, bounces, uh, a few blown coverages here and there, and a mistake. All of that can put you behind the eight ball, and you lose in overtime. But 
Game two, no real question. Dallas pretty much kicked off the afterburners from puck drop and never looked back, winning 7-3. to three. The last series that's been kind of fun is Edmonton versus LA, currently tied 1-1 now after the Oilers staged a big victory to uh, even the series. LA had kind of embarrassed them in game one with, you know, a last minute tying goal and then a victory in overtime. So the Oilers, they were looking for a huge bounce back. They got a pretty big one, although this game was somewhat close in a couple of areas. I wouldn't say that uh, the Kings were particularly great for most of the evening, but once they started chasing the game and applying pressure, they got pretty close to either tying it or even taking the lead at times. But as it is, they fell short, and that series was 1-1. So lots of fun stuff, lots of road teams pulling off some big upsets already. And later today, we'll find out if the Jets can have one of their own with a second date with the Vegas Golden Knights. Drop your score predictions uh, below for uh, you, uh, th- this game and let me know who you think is going to win. I've got the Jets winning 5-3 to three in this one. We'll see if that one holds out. But again, if you want to also drop your predictions at my social medias, it is HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. We will have thoughts on this evening's game on tomorrow's episode. So all of you everydayers, we will see you back here tomorrow. As always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.